I want to uh, shift directions a little bit here. Uh, it, obviously, recently we've had, uh, was mentioned a little while ago, some some pretty big transitions. Both, if you look back the last eighteen months, both uh, as a staff team, as a network of churches, um, and those have really hit at the elder level, um, you know, in our leadership level, pretty significantly. And so, just in the last, like we mentioned, the last couple months, we've had uh, a few elders transition. And, um, and so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm curious, just how are you, uh, and I'd be happy to speak for myself too. How are you feeling about things right now? I know that's a question we get from people just a lot right now. It's like, how are you guys doing? How are you feeling about all of the change? You know, I think change is hard, uh, at any time, but it's especially hard, uh, given all the change that's happening politically, culturally, and otherwise right now. So, yeah, how are how are you kind of feeling? What's your mental state as you think about where we're at as a leadership uh, team right now? Yeah, church, and as a church. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, heavy is is probably the the one word I'd sum up there. Um, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you know when when I came to Indiana, uh, and I started going to Butler. wasn't a part of any community. It took time. Um, to even jump in with the Christian community there. And the first person uh, that I met in that, uh, at, at crew was Bobby. So the thing is his first year on um, staff at Butler. So Bobby Barber, the, the pastor of Northwest, um, some Northwest, he was my first connection. Uh, and, you know, Throughout the four years of the Butler, you know, Bobby was there, right? And Kent was on staff um, crew at Butler too. So you know, go back with with Kent, and we have a great history history there. Uh, John, you know, was in some of the first MCs that uh, we were a part of. Allison and I um, known Brandon for a number of years, uh, since the very beginning is one of the first folks to introduce himself when we came to Soma for the very first time he's been, him and his wife have been consistent, uh, of friends and, and guides for us this entire time. Like we, you know, Grant was super close to us. Uh, Adams MC was a partner MC for our, our MC. So throughout the years, all all of these relationships, um, uh, I was looking forward to uh, just going deeper with man is to 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 be with uh, you know Bobby and Kent and, and Phil and um, other folks that that were around um, in this new season of life. You know, it, it, it was you know really sweet. And like you said, we, we had a lot of hard transitions and um, we've come through a lot. And here we are, you know, still feeling the wave of all of that. And man, it's, it's just heavy, um, I think, is, is where we are right now. Um, like I said, had, you know, had a little uh, baby girl. Um, so not being able to share her with the folks that we love, uh, the family and our church family, that, that's been pretty heavy and hard. And yeah, we just had a lot of heavy and hard conversations um, with this political cycle and uh, this summer uh, of killings of, of George Floyd and Brianna Taylor and um, Drayshawn Reed here in Indy, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey and, and others and 
Yeah, man, you, you stack all that together along with the transitions. And here we are going into Thanksgiving and having conversations with my family. My my mother loves Thanksgiving, loves Thanksgiving. It's her favorite uh, holiday. And uh, I had to call and tell the family, hey, we, we can't do it this year, right? So there's a lot, I mean, just personally, and there, there's this heaviness and then the church being not so much scattered, but, you know, distant right now, um, it's heavy you know, and, it, and it's hard. So um, I, I think all, all of those things, you know, kind of sit and we, I feel burdened by um, uh, right now. And, and I would love, I would absolutely love to be able to spin and say, but, you know, uh, we're just, you know, singing and rejoicing. <laughs> um, and, and that's not what we're doing, man. There are a lot of days that uh, just end in lament and, and heaviness, um and it feels very much like uh, uh, Lamentations 3, right, where that that chapter starts off with, you know, again, just talking about how, you know, people are getting blown up, um, you know, by God's wrath and uh, feeling the judgment of God. And right in the middle, um, there's this acknowledgement of God's steadfast love and, and his mercy and, and bearing this. And um, he's still here and with us. And then it comes back to lament, and I feel that that is where we are, right? And I don't think we're we're not at a point of being, you know, of despair, and we're not at a point of being perplexed, but um, uh, uh, but rather um, we're just living in in this moment, man. And like I said, it's heavy. So uh, for for people that constantly reach out and, and check in on us, like that's that's super helpful. Love that. I'm really grateful to do that and want to reciprocate that as much as we can. Um, but yeah, de- definitely feeling um, the moment, right? And and wanting so much for us to live in this moment well, but also recognize our limitations. Mm, yeah. 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 Similarly, I think I've been all over the place. I've run the emotional gamut from, you know, just uh, fearful and anxious, um, you know, to angry at different things, different situations, different realities, and sometimes limitations that we're up against that, you know, I think that one of the big surprises in being an organizational leader, you know, leader in the church is, you know, how much of your uh, decision-making is forced upon you by limitations, you know, uh, whether that be financial or, uh, you know, staffing organizational realities that you have to face. And you just realize like, oh, I can't please everybody. I can't make it all fit together in ways that make like, you know, financial sense or that, you know, fulfill everybody's sense of passion or calling. And, you know, the last couple of years, a lot of the hard decisions we've had to make have been, uh, you know, uh, forced upon us by just these, these organizational limitations or organizational uh, deficits or gaps, um, or just different people wanting different things and not being able to come through on those things. And it, it is, it's, it's really frustrating because you want to be able to help everybody like live into their, their calling, uh, as best they can. At the yeah. same time, you have limited resources and you have, uh, all kinds of different needs in the church that don't always line up. And so I think, uh, yeah, that's been, that's been something we constantly come back to is like the, the, the organizational side and then the organic side of things on the, on the church and relational side are sometimes at odds with each other and, um, and create these yeah. tensions. And, 
And so I think this year especially has brought those things into acute focus, um, you know, with the pandemic and with some of the political realities. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, my heart's been all over the place and, um, in my own time with the Lord, I think just trying to be honest about those things. And that, that Psalm that we said at the beginning of the year was kind of a theme for us. Psalm 86, 11, you know, unite my heart mm -hmm. that I would, yeah. might fear your name. Um, I give thanks to you with my whole heart, you know, just wanting to have a, a united heart, wanting to have a heart that could hold those tensions, you know, and, and could unite both fear and anxiety and worry and sadness with joy and gratitude and a hopefulness, you know, because I, I don't think either one of us are in a situation where we feel like we're despairing about the future of the church or about the future of our leadership. We, we've seen enough people come and go over the years to know that in a church plant, you know, you get good at saying goodbye because um, yeah. a lot of people that are there at yeah. the beginning are not going to be those who are there at the end. And so, and I've heard this analogy almost like um, of a rocket being launched into outer space. You have those rocket boosters and like what got you here eventually has to fall off and, 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 and fall back to the ground and, and in order for the rocket to continue to accelerate, you know, and, and I yeah. very, very much feel that relationally. And so there is a lot of sadness um, to what we experienced and losing those, some of those people who've been huge boosters for us in a sense. Yeah. And yet look into the future and knowing that, um, you know, if this feels, you and I've used the analogy of, of Gideon, you know, it's like God has yeah. taken us down to uh, just a couple hundred uh, dogs lapping at the water. Um, and yeah. it very much feels like that. Just a sense of extreme dependence on God. I think you sent me that passage in second Corinthians one, uh, a couple months ago, we were just talking through, like we've been brought to almost feeling like you're at the point of uh, death, uh, kind of emotionally and mentally in different ways. But Paul says, that's so that I might be dependent fully on the Lord. Um, and I think we definitely now more than ever feel, or I feel that sense of dependence and yet a hopefulness that God has always provided. He's always given us what we need. He's always brought new leaders when he's taken other leaders away. And, you know, he's going to continue to to do that. And I, I don't pretend to know how, <laughs> how he's going to do that or when he's going to do that. But I think there's, there's that, that kind of internal energy that continues to drive me forward in, um, and, and just really, like the psalmist, you know, constantly are inviting us to just see God as a refuge, see God as a very present help in, uh, in times of trouble and times of challenge. And um, so I'm kind of resting in that, um, that yeah. promise and those hope, that hopefulness that, that God, you know, we, we don't find our uh, strength in, um, you know, in the kind of armor of war or in the, uh, the tools and weapons of warfare, but we, we ultimately find our strength in him. And so for me, that's been, yeah not finding my hope in any one person or in a strategy or in a uh, organizational design even, or a governance uh, philosophy or policy, but just really saying, Hey, God's going to show us what it looks like in this next season. And, and want to be open to uh, the myriad ways that he in his mystery is going to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, man. Like it, it is definitely like the living in this moment is, an exercise in like uh second Corinthians 12, right. Where you're just like, man, I'm pleading with God. Hey, I, I want, I want things to be normal. I, I don't want to be afflicted or I don't want to be, um, uh, you know, conceited. I, I don't want to, I don't want to have these problems, but these things are still here. Um, and it's, and it, it is so that in our weakness, we can boast all the more in Christ's strength. Right. Um, and I, to your point, like that's something that I find myself resting in. Like God's grace 
really does have to be sufficient, right? We've come through, they said, the transitions, my story, your story, we, we come through those things. And, you know, God, God is not changing, right? God is not surprised. Uh, God is not reacting. Um, God is, God has us, right? He, he has us, he, he comforts us. And um, amidst all of that, being perplexed, but, but not, you know, driven to despair. That's where we are, man. You know, and I think for Christians, um, you know, there, there's something sweet that happens there, right? It's, it's a, God's power rests upon us. So this isn't a sermon. This isn't a sermon. It's just what I have to preach myself, preach to myself every day. We get up and it's like, man, this is, this is where we are. And um, there is something sweet. We look back on the season and amidst all those things that I said, it's like, we, I keep saying it, but we have a little baby girl and she's amazing. And we're, we're here and we're safe. Our family's okay. And, and people we love are, are okay. So God has, you know, you know, tremendously blessed us and, and kept us um, here. So that's yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. And the one thing I want to keep reminding people of is like, we, we obviously didn't like initiate all of this change. Some of this has come at us unexpectedly. Um, but certainly not the timing. I don't think any of us would have chosen (laughs) some of the things that have changed over the last, uh, you know, six months, 12 months, we never anticipated it being in this compressed of a time frame, or even anticipated some of these things happening. And, and, you know, the individually in isolation, they all make sense. They're reasonable, things that have happened, but, um, taken together, sometimes I think it's easy. We're, we're human beings. We're story creatures. We want to make meaning out of things. And I think it's easy for people to wonder like, Oh, is there a backstory? Is Soma on fire or is, are we just instigating change for the sake of change? Um, and I think the answer is no, you know, the answer is we don't necessarily like this change any more than anybody else. Some of these we've had to accept, um, that, you know, have been outside of our control, some of these we initiated, obviously not not knowing there would be other changes in tandem with this, but you know there there is no backstory like this. These are just things that are happening that we're having to respond to or kind of accept or deal with uh, as they come. But the goal for us is to not stay in the state. We obviously don't want to continue to transition or change. Uh, inevitably, um, we want to get to a place of stability. We want to get to a place of continuity and, uh, and, and peace. And so I think for us, just, it's important to keep saying that, like, we, we too desire those same things that I know a lot of you in our church desire, which is to get to a place where we're not saying goodbye to elders or staff, uh, every year. And so that leads me, I guess, to the next big topic or the last topic I wanted to cover, which is just kind of this next season coming up. Um, you know, I think that's really in a, in a sense what the board, the board of directors and this changing governance structure, uh, is about. And so many of you know that, um, since it, since our inception, the elders have, have been the primary leaders of our church, which means they, they get, they provide oversight for everything, both organizationally and kind of doctrinally and from a discipleship standpoint in the care and, uh, and we're changing that. And so one of the big changes that we had planned on before the pandemic was to add, uh, uh, was to alter our, our structure um, governance wise. And during the pandemic, then we kind of made this decision to go with a, a board of directors, which is essentially a group of deacons that are empowered to oversee the organizational side of things and, and really free up the elders to be about, you know, doctrine and uh, or theology, uh, the discipleship church, the strategy and kind of how we do discipleship and our philosophy and all that. And then uh, the kind of direction of the church, the vision of the church. And so 
Um, yeah, I just want to talk for a few minutes about why, why do that right now? You know, why would we do that with so much else changing? Um, why do that? And, and where, where do we see that kind of going in the future? How is that going to help us move towards stability? And, uh, what is that going to mean for us? Like what, what's different and what's the same. And I think that's where a lot of people maybe don't have an understanding of what elders actually functionally do and how this will uh, change that to a degree and in some ways not change anything. Um, so yeah, man, what, just kind of why can you maybe just speak a little bit to why you, you and I were uh, significantly involved in drafting the proposal and, uh, and architecting a lot of this. Um, can you just explain a little bit why this is an important thing for us and how this can move us towards, I think, more stability, more flourishing, more health in the future? Yeah, early on, um, late, late spring, early summer, when we started, uh, we were coming to the end of the, uh, the transition with the churches, the, the 501c3s. Uh, you know, we started talking about uh, the board of uh, directors and how that could help, um, you know, the, the policies, the operational uh, nature of what a church is, right? How, how we can help shift some of that um, to really smart, confident, um, just amazing people that had capacity for it. Um, before, uh, the, with the team of elders, they would take on a lot of, you know, figuring out how we, we draft a paper about um, you know, any, any number of theological topics that were, that were coming across. And, and there were also uh, times that have stepped step back and, and deal with uh, uh, discipleship issues and have to deal with um, doctrine issues and issues of theology and things like that. Uh, but then also talk through finances and talk through, um, you know, at what point do we need to add, you know, a different space on the building. So all of this would sit on on this team of of men who, you know, also had families and, you know, who some were on staff, who some weren't on staff. Um, some came in with, with different expectations uh, and, and different capacities uh, to, to function on this team. So, so you now have, you know, a, a different team working. You have a church that's growing, um, and you know we we get hit with with the pandemic, and, and it became apparent that like all of that cannot sit on these uh, at that time five men. Um, like it, it was, it would just be too much. Uh, and think about um, uh, Moses' father-in-law going to him and saying, "Hey, you you have to you know push some of this work down, right?" I think about that. I think about Acts, where it's like, "Hey, raise a beacon so that folks aren't getting missed, and and there's e equality, and everybody at different levels um, are, are getting what they need." Um, the elders don't want and shouldn't function as a bottleneck. Right where the church is, is stalled and stopped because, um, you know, they got too much. Right, we have a lot of competent people, like I said earlier, that can help. So all that, all that kind of leads to, hey, we can we can raise up and give people some authority to make decisions and, and to function alongside uh, the elder team um, and help, like I said, with with the framework and the execution of the vision that the elders set forth. Um, so where what where we are as 
as a group and as a church, I get really excited. I'm, I'm all about operational efficiency. <laughs> I get that professionally. Uh, nothing gets me more excited than operational efficiency. So when, Praise you know, God for an elder who says like that. That might be the first time <laughs> an elder's ever said that in so many It's like, hey, man, let's make this more efficient. Um, yeah, you know, let's, let's use people to the best of their abilities and let, let's get out the way, right? Uh, talked a little bit about our work with um, racial reconciliation in Soma. And a lot of that was uh, led by folks in the church, right? And the elders helped with the vision, but the movement um, framework, uh, a, a lot of it, you know, day to day, you know, really smart people that were in the church, right? So if we can, you know, replicate that, we want to replicate that out, um, have folks serve on there, it, it just seems to be a no-brainer. Um, again, it, it you look at it in isolation, it's like, yes, I can see our church moving to that so that we can mature and grow and people can thrive and, you know, get into different pipelines, have different opportunities to do things. Um, and that's when, you know, you, you and I, uh, we, we drafted them. We, we thought about them. We thought about how both of these uh, teams can work uh, together, how, um, you know, we handle authority and how we handle accountability. Like there, there's not a, some shadow side to this of, uh, well, you know, now the elders can sit back and, and just sit pina coladas, right? And there's not, you know, uh, the, the board stepping in and, and taking over and, um, you know, running running the church, as it were, from all levels. Like that, that's not what it is. It's very much uh, a relationship between the two with the right levels of authority. Um, yeah, to be open-handed about that. We don't want to centralize um, our power, right? Both both you and I, we, we come from the, the broken side of that. So any any opportunity to make sure we're not even touching that, um, I think we would jump on. So made sense. And then we get to, to like I said, get to a pandemic and there there are needs, there are a lot of needs that, that uh, our, our members have and our community has and being able to meet those in real time and to touch those, um, we feel like that, that team can really help you know, both the staff, uh, the elders, and then the church um, get what they need at this time. Yeah, I think what you just said is a really important piece of this for us is this is not about diminishing the authority of the elders or taking things away from the elders. It's really about recognizing and empowering the spirit-filled church um, and the full body of Christ to use their gifts to uh, to serve. And so in in many ways, it's it's a compliment to, I think, good, good authority recognizes both its limits and the opportunity to uh, empower others around. And so just because the elders have primary oversight for the health of the church doesn't mean we're the only ones that have authority. And so I think the best kind of authority is that which is able to multiply and to share and invite others into that space um, so that authority gets uh, gets and responsibility gets shared in the body in, a, in ways that are appropriate. And so just like a marriage, you have a husband and a wife that partner together. Um, you know, you in a church have spiritual mo mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters who are able to share in the load uh, as spirit filled, gifted members to come alongside and help the elders uh, and, and partner with the elders um, for the flourishing of the body. And so that's what I get excited about is thinking about more people in the game, more people owning the mission, and uh, and delegation doesn't mean abdication. You know, delegation yeah. yep. is, is an act of sacred trust. Um, and so, in many ways, I think this is uh, this is a compliment to the elders' uh, authority, but also 
a compliment to the body that God has brought here and gifted. And, and so essentially now what we have is uh, an interdependent governance structure where we have elders still overseeing. So what doesn't change is still overseeing doctrine, um, which practically looks like, you know, um, our, our statement of faith and making sure that that is being taught and making sure that, you know, all of our preaching and teaching and what anything that's being taught in the church aligns with our doctrine, um, but also teaching that and, um, you know, continuing to expand upon that and apply that in all kinds of contextualized ways. And so that may look like we did a couple of years ago, like writing a paper on women leadership, women and leadership in the church and what, you know, teaching looks like in the church for, for women and, and men who are not elders. Um, that's looked like racial justice and reconciliation. We worked on that last year. Um, what does that mean for us in our context? And um, that's going to look like all kinds of things in the future. We continue to theologize and to uh, expand upon that and to hold fast to what doesn't change over time. Uh, that looks like discipleship and setting up the structure for what discipleship and spiritual formation looks like uh, that then the staff implements and our deacons implement uh, at the, at the, you know, kind of frontline level. Uh, but just defining what is spiritual formation, practicing the way of Jesus, you know, together for the life of the world, being with Jesus, becoming like him, doing what he did. That's, we establish those guidelines um, and, and that philosophy that, that guides how then that gets implemented what community life looks like, what kids ministry, again, at a high level in student ministry, family ministry look like, we are still going to be actively involved in, in those, those conversations, giving guidance and direction to uh, our staff and to deacons who then uh, carry out those ministries and own those ministries. And then the last piece is, uh, and, and caring for members and disciplining members as, as needed. Um, that's all part of discipleship and then direction, you know, the elders every year, um, we go on a retreat when we're not at a pandemic and we, we establish an inner party. We, we evaluate the health of the church and we, we look at, you know, what's God doing, what's God stirring up in our body and what's the, what's the vision of the church look like? Um, how do we, how do we want to see the gospel change everything? Where are the opportunities, where are the threats, where are the, you know, just the, um, the invitations for us. And so we, as elders are discerning that setting that priority, and then handing all that over to the board and saying, okay, now operationalize that, you know, help us, uh, over, help us oversee the staff. So the, the board oversees me and uh, we'll have a couple of sub teams around HR and compensation and finance and uh, you know, all those kinds of things, legal stuff. And they will hold me accountable uh, as well as then I hold the staff accountable for how we execute and implement those things in a way that's consistent and aligned with, the the vision and the theology and the ministry philosophy of the church and so that's kind of just at a basic level you know uh so like some of those things don't change like as elders you know we still get together we still pray you know i mean that's kind of like a lot of what we do we pray we we enter into hard spaces we counsel we care for people um you know we have lot we have lots of meetings you know we trade lots of emails <laughs> and we try to figure out really hard things uh that are super complex in the lives of you who go to this church and who call this place home um we still defend against false teaching we still um you know are doing a lot of those things those things don't change but what does change is that we now have a group that is called and equipped to interact on the organizational side. So we don't have to put together policies <laughs> for the organization anymore. We don't have to worry about, you know, um, the, the, all the details of like, you know, budget sheets and assets and liabilities and 
you know, insurance protections and things like that. We have a team that's, that's overseeing that who have expertise in their own business experience. And, uh, and I think what I love about this board is it's a group of men and women who it's a group of men and women. So I'm excited about that uh, from different diverse backgrounds, uh, you know, racially, culturally, uh, and age-wise who are going to bring a lot of experience to the table um, and expertise, but they, they have business competencies like business minds, but really the heart of ministers, the heart of deacons. Uh, And so I, I, think of it as like as a really soulful group of business people who can come alongside and help us do this work. And so that will change having another group of people to obviously communicate with, to cover, to consult with and coach. And there'll be challenges, you know, that, that requires more communication and that's going to require a lot of humility. Yeah. Um, and so we've got policies that we're putting in place for like what happens when we have conflict or what happens when we disagree or what happens when we have differences of opinion over things. That's going to be a new thing for us, but I think it's forced us to, provide more clarity and what that looks like for us to work through those things. But ultimately I think it really comes down to trust. And I think when I look at Matt Wagner as the chairman and I look at the team that God's raised up here, hopefully that will be affirmed uh, and, and approved. It's been, been approved by the elders, but be affirmed by the church here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm really, I, I think more than all the particulars of our policy and the, the, the structure and all that, like I really trust the people. And I know that when you put good people together uh, who are humble and smart and hungry, you know, really good things happen. And so I think that's more than anything else, probably what we can convey is that this is a really godly, uh, you know, appropriately ambitious, but also humble group of people. For sure. And that gets me excited. So just as we wrap up here, I guess, James, um, what are you excited about in this next season? Um, And what are, what, what kinds of things are going to be on our plate as elders that, um, you know, that we just need prayer for, and uh, I know a lot of people have asked me, like, how can we support you guys? You know, what can we do for the elders? How can we be encouraging you? Um, what's what's next for us? I mean, obviously, with the pandemic still raging <laughs> and surging mm-hmm. more each day, um, there's a lot that we don't know. We can't really plan out more than a few weeks uh, in terms of our ministry calendar and things like that. The vaccine, who knows? Maybe it's on the way. Maybe it's not by <laughs> April. Yep. But, uh, you know, there's some hope on the horizon there. But yeah, and then there's just things that don't change. People are people. So what are some of the things that we are kind of uh, prioritizing and thinking about in the next season and how can people be praying for and supporting us? Yeah, uh, first thing is that God is still moving. Like God isn't stuck in the Old Testament. He's not stuck you know, at the moment of Jesus on the cross, he's not stuck in the resurrection. Like God is still moving. So there's, uh, you know, as long as um, we're on this side of heaven, like God has things for us to do and to experience and see and to help and to serve. And all of that is is exciting. Even, even with some of the the new challenges that we're going to face as the season continues and in the seasons to come, uh, Man, just see, it'd just be really sweet to see how how God provides, like like you talked about uh, with with different leaders, um, and as our members are are growing and you know they're experiencing God in new ways and folks are are loving each other and serving each other, like I just get really excited um, and and hopeful about that. And man, just just to see up until this point throughout this whole pandemic how people have been. Uh, so gracious with each other, 
uh, through through a lot of uh, the the summer, how people have made space for each other um, uh, to vent and to lament and to cry and to rejoice and like all of that. So all of that's super exciting to see that continue uh, and look forward to to just you know seeing how the church grows and matures uh, over this this next season. Uh, for us, you know, as a thing about uh, you and I as elders, uh, the thing about how, you know, we're going to take some time to reflect on our position organizationally as elders um, in this next season, as we, we think about other you know, qualified men uh, to, to come alongside us uh, and to join this team, uh, us just, you know, figuring out and putting some pen to paper about, you know, what, what are we dreaming and, and excited about as it pertains um, uh, uh, the service in this way. I'm super excited about that. Just excited about the, the reflection that, that we'll be able to do um, in this next season, right, um, uh, as elders and, and think about that next pipeline. And then also, you know, for the staff and, and the board, getting, getting those getting those folks um, connected and being more present uh, uh, as that gets off the ground. Uh, again, really excited and hopeful for the, the work that uh, they've done up to this point and the work that they're going to continue uh, to do in service uh, of the church. I think the biggest ways, you know, think about prayer for us, uh, you know, specifically is um, endurance, Right, just mm-hmm. just pray for for strength. Um, so all of those things that, that we've talked about, like those things are still very real um, that that we have to wake up with and, and burdens that we have to cast on on Jesus. So prayers that we do just that, right? Prayers for for mercy, um, and, and just tangible. People people will say, well, you know, pray for you. What else? Hey man, you know, text messages are great. You know, just reaching out, you know, say, hey man, we're, we're thinking about you. Um, you know, uh, things like things like that. If we come across, you know, my, uh, uh, any of your leaders, they come across your mind or folks in your MC, lean in your MC, your discipleship group, shoot them attacks. And just let them know that you're out there, um, that you're connected and, and you, you know, you feel them, you're thinking about them, that, that kind of stuff uh, always, you know, brightens the day. So and just, like I said, super excited and super hopeful um, and we feel this moment, we feel the, the, the desire for stability, right? And I think all of us is like, hey, man, let's just get stable. It's not even normal. It's like, let's just get stable. <laughs> um, and, you know, like I said, we don't want to um, uh, unwillingly upend something. But, you know, in as much as we can, uh, we want to make sure that we're putting be it a board, ourselves, the church, in the right position to succeed. And we think that this next season is going to be a lot of that. So super hopeful about that, Ben. Yeah, that's good. I think some of the things I, I feel very similar about all, everything you mentioned. Additionally, I would say, you know, leadership development is going to be a huge priority for us this next season. You know, we've lost uh, some of our leaders. Some of that, uh, as we've said, is was kind of unexpected just for you know, various reasons. And some of that I think has been as we've clarified our vision and we've lived into like racial justice. It's, it's forced some people to really decide whether or not they're all in with that and they've chosen to say no. And so I think, you know, we've lost some people that I thought would be leaders that are now gone. And so alignment around our vision, deepening that vision for racial justice, reconciliation, um, 
you know, empowering our body to live into being a more spirit-filled community. You know, some of those things we talked about earlier this year with the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm excited about helping to align the leaders that are here um, around those things. And that's going to be a long-term project, you know, so to raise up elders. I mean, we don't have just like a, there's no like a magic garden of Oompa Loompas, uh, you know, that's probably outdated uh, analogy now. Some of you have to go look that up, but uh, there's no uh, magic tree in the backyard with a bunch of uh, elders just sitting around waiting to be deployed. Uh, those elders have to be developed. And so that's going to be a huge priority, obviously, is identifying the next wave of elders and assessing and developing and and helping them to, uh, you know, discern their calling and, and, um, and step in and help us lead, uh, as well as getting the, obviously the board trained and equipped and stood up here over the next year. It's going to, it's going to take a lot of energy. Um, but I'm excited. We'll have some new leadership pipelines going for both men and women, uh, this year, um, as we hopefully emerge from this pandemic and the darkness, uh, and this foulness, um, we emerge stronger and we continue to focus on what it means to be a wholehearted community. And that, that gets me excited practicing those skills together and uh, engaging new leaders. I think some of you, uh, you know, our invitation would just be to step up and make yourself available. Don't, don't assume that you're not leadership materials. James said, you know, the self doubt can be an opportunity to, to wrestle and to struggle, but also to step up and, uh, and receive the mantle. God equips the call, as we like to say, as has been said before. And so I would just invite you to consider whether or not God might be, um, beginning to stir up those desires and what those desires might look like and to reach out to us and let it, let it be known that you are desiring to serve and lead in those ways. And so we are excited to get some of those pipelines going as well as just continue to figure out, you know, how do we care for this community going forward? How do we structurally do that with, with a large church and a small elder team and a growing number of deacons? What does it look like for us to restructure in some ways and uh, make sure that everybody has access to care uh, and discipleship and spiritual formation going forward. So there's a lot in front of us, but again, I think the thing that we want to just keep communicating is that we are uh, eager and hopeful and uh, anticipating God's grace to be with us as we move into that. And so, um, you know, we want to invite you to be a part of that process. And I think just continue to pray that God raises up leaders, that God gives us more clarity, that he, he gives us opportunities to continue to advance and we're just nine years old. I mean, we had so much ahead of us and and that's something good to remember. Like think of a nine-year-old, like that's where we're at developmentally. And so (laughs) there's still so much that God has in front of us and there's so many great things that are happening. And so um, we just, we just pray that God would continue to, to reveal himself to us and to strengthen us for the work that he has and to, to help us to not lose heart, to not get discouraged. uh, Even though things are changing, um, in some ways, there's a lot that isn't, that, that, that's not changing. And so we want to continue to, to trust God, um, for both of those. And so I hope this has been helpful, uh, just to kind of do a little bit of a, a deep dive into what eldership looks like and how we're feeling and thinking about our past and our present and our future. Um, we'll continue to try to do things like this in the, uh, in the future, but we thought it might be helpful just to, to pause and to give you uh, as members and attendees of this church, a little bit of insight into what's happening here. And so, yeah, we pray the Lord's blessings over you. Thanks James for the time. Um, it's been really good to hear from you and uh, just yeah, shout bro. out. Yeah. Shout out to the church. We love you guys. We're praying for you. If you need anything from us, please feel free to reach out. We want to make ourselves available over these next several months and uh, yeah, we'll see what the Lord Lord has for us. So um, yeah, grace and peace. And we will uh, see you guys soon. <laughs>